And we're looking forward to a really good morning uh, here, of course, and then to follow uh, at the Gilliams. Uh, looking forward to seeing the baptisms and um, the, the food. There's going to be a lot of food, and there's going to be some good competition, I hear, on the horseshoes. So don't let somebody tell you they're not any good. We've already heard that today, so yeah. Um, all right, so we're, we're doing forgiveness today. Uh, so hope, hopefully everyone has a, has a booklet. Um, it's, it's impossible to go through life without, without being hurt. Uh, to be treated unfairly, we've all heard life isn't fair. That's something people tell their kids all the time, try to, try to teach them that life isn't fair. Um, and when that happens, the biblical response is to forgive. And uh, to understand God's forgiveness, it helps us know how we can forgive others. A lot of people don't know how to forgive other people because they've never received uh, forgiveness from God themselves. And that's really what it all boils down to, how God has forgiven you. That's how you can uh, learn to forgive others. And as, as believers, we should prepare our hearts and minds to offer forgiveness. This is something you do on purpose. It doesn't just uh, happen out of the blue. Um, you don't wake up one day and feel like you want to forgive. A lot of times you, you have to make that choice. And uh, we should learn to forgive like Christ forgave us. So if you don't mind, turn to 1 John 1. And try to keep that place in Matthew 18. Okay, so why must I forgive? First, as we have already said, because I have been forgiven. First uh, John 2.12 says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. God forgave us for Christ's sake. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be right if, if Christ did die and then God said, no, I'm not going to forgive him. <laughs> yeah, so he did it for Jesus' sake. And look at 1 John 1, verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then I'm going to read Psalm 86. Psalm 86, verse 5. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. I'm thankful that God is ready to forgive. He, he's always ready. The potential is always there, but people uh, just don't go and get it. Um, he wants to forgive, and he is ready. Jesus' death on the cross demonstrates how far God went to forgive. He, he did everything possible for him to forgive. He held nothing back. In comparison, there is no offense done to us that we are not able to forgive. Now, that's easier said than done, I know, but it's, it's true. Uh, there's nothing that we should not be able to forgive. Uh, so God tells us, I forgave you. Why can't, why can't you forgive them? Right? Secondly, because God commands me to forgive. Uh, Ephesians 4. There's a lot of verses here. It's a good thing, though. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So there it is again. He did it for Christ's sake. And then Colossians 3.13, it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, 
even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. So it's not something that God just wants us to do. It's, it's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. He, he said, I want you to do this. Uh, once again, you do it, and as a reminder, uh, he, he's reminding us again in all these verses, I did it for you, so therefore you should do it for others. Um, how do I forgive? Uh, so we're going to go back to Matthew 18. This is where a lot of it is found. Matthew 18. And I'll, I'll read this. It's uh, verses 23 through 35. So follow along. Verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. And the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Do you all see something wrong there? (laughs) Verse 31, So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So really good uh, uh, parable there. Um, it's the law of forgiveness. And so you have the king. The king says, I'm going to sell your family, so, and you're going to have to pay this debt off. And he says, please have patience with me. And the king was moved with compassion. And he said, okay, I'm going to loose you of your debts. And what does that servant go out and do? He goes out to somebody else that owes him money, and he grabs him by the throat, and he threatens them, and they ask the same thing of him, have patience on me, and he throws them into prison. And then that man's fellow servants see what happens, and they know all about the other servant getting his debts paid. So they go back to the king, and then when the king hears this, he's very wroth, right? As he should be. So uh, we're learning how do I forgive first, you have to make a decision to settle your account. So like the king, we must make a decision to settle the accounts with those who have hurt us. And just addressing what is already there, why, what, it, what the debt is. And sometimes you have to just have an awkward conversation with people, right? Uh, to have that conversation, sweeping it under the rug doesn't help, or uh, kicking the can down the road, that doesn't help. It only, it only makes things worse. And so the king, he, he comes to reckon with his servants to settle accounts. So we have to make the decision 
to settle our account. And, and a lot of times you, you, you know uh, the accounts you have to settle, right? Those that you need to address something with, um, you have to make that decision. Secondly, uh, realize Jesus Christ settled your account. Um, I'd like you to go to 1 John chapter 2. First John 2, verse 2. It says, And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So he's the pro propitiation. How did he settle our debt? Uh, he paid it by taking your place. That's the propitiation. He, he took your place. He laid, he laid his life down so that we didn't have to uh, give ours up. He took your place. Uh, so the king who forgave the servant of his account expected the servant to do the same to those that owed him a debt. Uh, when we accept God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ, that enables us to forgive others in this life who have hurt us. And Jesus chose to suffer for our sin, so then I can choose to uh, forgive those who, who hurt me. It makes a lot more sense when there's a lost person out there that can't forgive. Uh, it, it doesn't make it right, but it makes it a lot more sense because, like I said earlier, they've never been forgiven of their sin. They've never received that, so they uh, are not as likely to do the same for others. Now, when a Christian uh, who has already experienced God's forgiveness and they cannot forgive others, that, that's a big hypocrisy, right? Uh, as, we, as we had just read about the servant. It's a hypocrisy. And uh, we need to realize what Jesus did for us. Thirdly, have compassion on the offender as Christ did when he forgave us. Back in Matthew 18, verse 27, Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. So the king chose to show compassion on the one who owed him a large debt. Uh, so we should be moved with compassion. Sometimes compassion doesn't come naturally uh, as it did in the text. But we, we need to choose to have it. You, you have free will. And a lot of times that involves uh, making yourself do something you don't want to do. That's, that's a lot of life to, to learn discipline, to do stuff you don't want to do, uh, to do the right thing when it's hard. To be moved with compassion. And lastly, you re release the offender from all wrong. Um, so he, he was moved with compassion, loosed him of the debt. Look at verse uh, 32. It says, Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt. So he forgave him all of it. Uh, the Lord released him from all the debt. It wasn't just some, it, it was all of it. In the same fashion, we are, able, we are to release those who have sinned against us or hurt us, and true forgiveness will result in no longer having negative feelings. Um, this is how you know if you fully forgave. Uh, so if you fully forgave, when, when something comes up that reminds you of it, you won't have that same, a similar feeling of bitterness or anger. It won't make you mad anymore. You won't have the same feelings, right? It, it's a change of, of mind. Are there still negative feelings lingering? That's how you know if you fully forgave. Um, 
So getting into it further, further understanding of forgiveness. Remember that justice is God's business. Uh, Turn to Romans chapter 12. So just like God says he won't give his glory to another, I believe that's in Isaiah, he said, I'm not going to give my glory to another, so we shouldn't try to take it, therefore we should not try to avenge ourselves, because God said vengeance is mine. Look at uh, Romans 12, verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. And then verse 19, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So we should never attempt to try to, as the servant did, he goes and grabs the, ser- the other servant by the throat and says, give me my money, pay, pay me the debt. Uh, that's, that's not up to us. That's, that's up to the Lord. When someone has wronged us, we forgive them. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's none of our, and it's none of our business how he repays it also. Uh, you may think it, it's, it's, in the, it's in the human heart to think, I don't, I don't think God ever got them back for that. It, they, they look like they're... They look like they're doing okay. Uh, it's none of your business how God takes care of it, how he settles it. Um, and, or when he does it, by the way, either. He may not do it when you want to, him to do it. Uh, it's up to him. Uh, so, secondly, forgiveness is an act of the will. Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. So it's an act of the will. He made that conscious decision to have mercy. Uh, Likewise, we should will ourselves to have mercy uh, for those who have wronged us. We can decide to forgive even when we do not feel like we can forgive. And I like what it says there. Obedience will produce the right feelings. Uh, You just have to obey and trust God that that he'll work it out for you. Uh, Like I said earlier, appearance doesn't just uh, happen out of nowhere. You have to decide, make that conscious decision to want forgiveness, and God will give you the grace to complete it when it doesn't seem possible. You may not feel like you can forgive, and it may seem too much, uh, but if you want forgiveness, then I think God will be able to give that to you. Uh, Here's the hard one. Pray for those who hurt you. Matthew 5.44, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. It's hard to pray for people you don't want to pray for, right? Uh, you know, even just in our church uh, lists, the weekly lists, there's people on that uh, list, like political leaders that you may not agree with. You have to pray for them. And at first I struggled thinking, I don't, I don't really like this person particularly, so how do I pray for them? Uh, that's a good way. You, you have to learn how to pray for them. And uh, that, that teaches you a lot. Uh, here's the greatest example. Go to Luke 23. If you think you, you can't pray for someone, how did this happen? Luke 23, verse 34. Jesus is on the cross. He said, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. They're gambling over his, his clothes, right before his face. Uh, all of those that beat him, all those that have mocked him, uh, crucified him wrongfully, of course. Uh, and he didn't even have time to cool off, right? 
he didn't even have time to go in the other room and, and, and cool down and gather his thoughts. You know, a lot of times we get mad in the moment, we say something. He, he was in the moment, and he prayed for those who uh, crucified him. Praying for those who hurt you will change your heart. Uh, the results of not forgiving, they're not very good. First, we will become bitter. Uh, Hebrews 12:15 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. That root of bitterness that springs up and, and troubles us. Uh, when we are sinned against or offended, it is, it is important that we quickly forgive. Otherwise, that bitterness is going to stew. And it's not going uh, to look very good after a while. It's going to get worse. Uh, when someone sins against us, we will either forgive them or become bitter. That's really the only two uh, results that will happen. You'll either get over it and forgive them and release yourself, or you're going to be enslaved to that bitterness. And that's the second point. We will be tormented. Uh, go back to our main text, Matthew 18, verse 33. He said, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Uh, so, and those tormentors, they're kind of like a modern-day tax collector that are coming to your door, knocking on, on your door, saying, you owe us money. Uh, they followed them around and tormented them. Um, we don't want to be tormented by anger and bitterness, and, and you're not going to have the tormentors following you around, making threats and uh, intimidating you like, like in, the, in the past. Um, but you will have those internal emotions tormenting you. And they, and they can produce externally as well. They can, they can bring something that's in, they can bring it out, and it's not going to look very good. Uh, next page. We surrender control to the devil. Y'all should turn to this, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 26. It says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. That's kind of interesting wording there, be angry and sin not. That didn't make sense to me when I first read it. But uh, it's not bad to be angry, just don't sin when you're angry. Uh, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. If, if you do that, you go to bed mad, you're going to wake up the next day, and you're going to regret uh, not settling that uh, when you should have. Because you're always going to wake up the next day, you're, like I said earlier, you're going to be cooled down. Uh, you're going to realize it's not worth uh, the anger. It's not worth the bitterness. And then, like 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, neither give place to the devil. Satan can sneak in when someone is angry or bitter. Uh, and, and you'll be tempted, more likely to give in to temptation when you're angry you'll be more likely to say something that you shouldn't say or do something that you shouldn't do. Uh, you'll give place to the devil. You surrender control when you're bitter. Uh, if our anger is provoked because someone has sinned against us, we should take care of it before the sun goes down. Failure to do so will allow the devil to have a place in our life. 
Failure to forgive, it, it's like, has anyone ever had a glass of homemade tea and you left it in the other room and a week goes by <laughs> and then you go back and you find that glass of tea and it's moldy and just gross and that's, that's kind of how bitterness can be. It, it's not going to age well. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be gross. Uh, you should get that cup and you should run under some hot water and scrub it and clean it out and put it in the drying rack, right? Don't let it, don't let it sit out and mold. Uh, practical helps on forgiveness. So first, forgiveness can be a process. Back to our main text, Matthew 18, verse 22. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. What's seventy times seven? Four, 490? So I say this to you, 490 times to forgive. Uh, that, that's how hard it is. You have to hear it many times. It's a process. Forgiving someone is not always a one-time event. Especially, you know, some, a lot of times, the sin can be, or the hurt is worse than other times. Uh, not, all, not all hurt is equal. It, it is inflicted by a loved one or someone that we trusted. It, it can be really bad. Each time the emotional pain resurfaces, we are to forgive again. Maybe they're repeat offenders. Maybe you have to keep forgiving. Uh, forgiveness doesn't just happen overnight. It's a process. You've got to do it a bunch. Secondly, forgiving does not mean you will forget the offense. Um, I'll read you Romans 13. Romans 13, verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And then Matthew 18, 27, Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave the debt. And then Jeremiah 31, 34, he says, I will remember their sin no, or, remember their sin no more. God chooses not, not to remember. Uh, but for us, uh, we, we can't really forget, right? The king, he, the king still knew there was a debt that he forgave. Whenever he heard that the servant didn't forgive his servant, he didn't forget that that servant originally owed him a debt. He still remembered. It's not possible for us to forget the offense. We just have to have a change of heart towards it. Uh, you, don't, you shouldn't feel the same way you did later after you forgave. You won't feel the same way as you did when it first happened. You still remember what happened, but it doesn't make you mad anymore. It doesn't... Uh, maybe it doesn't make you sad anymore. You don't have the same emotion towards it. You have a change of mind towards it. Helps on forgiveness. Rebuilding a relationship is not a condition of forgiveness. Romans 12, uh, 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. So this doesn't mean that you forgive somebody, the relationship is not immediately restored to all that it was uh, before the offense took place. Um, you may not ever get back to what, what it was, uh, but you should be able to live peaceably with them. So trust and reconciliation in a relationship can be lost through someone's sin, 
If the relationship is never rebuilt, forgiveness is still required. So, uh, even if it never gets back to what it was, you should still uh, be able to forgive. And, and that might happen. Uh, you never know. It, it, it kind of depends on the other person at times. You, you can only do what you can do, and if the other person doesn't hold up their end, well, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't hold up yours. The evidence is that you have forgiven from the heart. Uh, first, you don't remind the offender of his offense. Uh, you don't keep bringing it up to them and say, hey, remember when you did this? Uh, you don't keep reminding them. You don't discuss the offense with others after that person leaves. You don't say, man, I just, I just can't believe they did that. Uh, you don't bring it up. You refuse to think about the offense in your mind. Uh, go to 2 Corinthians 10. Once your heart, once that goes into your mind uh, to, to remember the offense that happened to you, you just do this. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So that, that thought hits you, you realize it, you cast it down, because you realize that uh, it exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You bring it into captivity in obedience. You refuse to think about the offense in your mind. And this, is, uh, this has been pretty timely for me. I've been reading the story of Joseph in my personal uh, Bible reading, and it's probably my, the most interesting story in the Bible to me. But it's a great example of forgiveness. He had every reason to be bitter, uh, every reason to keep his, his brothers in prison when he saw him, uh, but, it, but uh, he says, God has put me here to preserve life. Uh, he, he forgave his brethren. A uh, really good ex example of forgiveness. And then lastly, I just have a few points here on forgiveness. So, I think forgiveness with men is different than forgiveness with God. Forgiveness with men, it's for the one doing the forgiving. So the, the one who is offended, forgiveness is for that person. It's not for the offender. Uh, it, may, it may make the offender feel better that they've been forgiven, but it's really for the one that has been wronged. You are releasing yourself of that bitterness that could root up. You are freeing yourself. Uh, it is for the, the, the one that has been offended. Forgiveness with God, it is for the one, it is for the offender. Uh, that person is getting their sins forgiven. Uh, obviously, God's going to get glory from that. But it's mostly for the sinner. Uh, they get forgiven. Um, and then, forgiveness with men, it does not require repentance from the, from the offender. Like I said earlier, if, if they do not uh, hold up their end, if they do not repent to you, uh, if they don't try to reconcile things on their end, you still are to forgive them. Forgiveness with God, it does require repentance from the offender. If, if that person never uh, approaches God in their life and they never seek the, the forgiveness, if they do not repent and have a change of heart towards sin, God cannot forgive them. Uh, so there's, there's just a few differences there on forgiveness with men and forgiveness with God. Um, that kind of wraps it up, though. If we want to...
take a few minutes to go over the quiz. We have time to do that, and then we'll do prayer requests.